Hello everyone, my name is Haley Elizabeth and if you don't know who I am, this is my true crime podcast where once a week I sit down and I talk about all things true crime, ranging from murders, disappearances, cults, all the way to the biggest drug bust in history, the biggest bank heist in history, all things true crime. So if you're interested in any of that, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and watch the visual version every Wednesday or you could head over to Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts to listen to the audio version every Tuesday. Now, if you guys are on visual right now you can definitely tell that my setup is different i took a month long break from youtube because i am moved into my own apartment and so yeah it's been a very very long month but i'm so so happy to finally start doing videos again i really hope that you guys like the setup i think it came out cute i don't know but with all of that aside for today's case we are going to be talking about the case of michelle norder now there is a lot to get through so we're just going to right into it. Located in upstate New York lived the Norder family. The Norder family consisted of 46-year-old Michelle, 47-year-old Lloyd, and their three daughters, one of them being the middle child, 19-year-old Carrie. As far as Lloyd and Michelle's relationship, Lloyd and Michelle were actually high school sweethearts. They met each other their freshman year when they were 14 years old and started dating when they were 14 years old. They dated all throughout high school and then when they graduated high school in 1991, they immediately got married. Lloyd and Michelle's relationship was described as opposites attract because Lloyd was very outgoing. He was very sociable. He had a lot of friends while Michelle, on the other hand, was the complete opposite. She was very shy, very soft-spoken. She didn't really say too much, but after high school, both of them ended up going to college. Lloyd actually got his degree in science science and technology while Michelle got her master's in literature. After they were done with college, that is when the couple bought their very first home in Corning, New York, and this was going to be the home that they plan on raising their family in. When they first moved into the home, Michelle got a job as a college professor while Lloyd actually got a job as a senior engineer. So at this point, you know, they both had really good jobs. They were saving up a good amount of their money and that's when they decided to have their very first daughter. Shortly after having their first daughter, that is when they had their second daughter named Carrie. Now, Carrie was definitely a daddy's girl. She loved her dad, Lloyd. Them two were like best friends. They did everything together. Lloyd would drive uh, Carrie every single weekend to her ballet practices and recitals. Everyone knew that Carrie and Lloyd were the closest. And so when Michelle found out that she was having a third daughter, right before she had her third daughter, she made the very bold decision of becoming a full-time stay-at-home mom. So she quit her job as a college professor. So now Lloyd was the breadwinner of the family. And on top of that, she also decided to homeschool all three of her girls. She felt like if she homeschooled them, then she'd be able to get more one-on-one time with them. So that's exactly what she did. Michelle ended up giving birth to her third child and she homeschooled all three of them. But as the girls grew up, Michelle just started to notice that public school would really, really benefit them. They were kind of staying home all the time. They didn't really have many friends or they weren't super sociable. And so Michelle decided to put all of them into public school and get her old job as a college professor back. But since now she has three girls to take care of, being a college professor, unfortunately, 
unfortunately they just don't get paid as much as they should be getting paid so because of this michelle had to take up a part-time job at this place called corning incorporated which was actually the same company that lloyd worked at during this time michelle was also very very big on giving back to the community and giving to charities she was actually on the news this one time because on thanksgiving she had made little like thanksgiving dinner bento boxes or like to-go boxes and she made a lot of them and she basically just went to the city of new york and started giving thanksgiving dinners to all of the homeless in the city and this wasn't you know like through a charity or through an organization this was literally just out of michelle's kind heart as far as lloyd however as i said he worked as a senior engineer at corning incorporated the same place that michelle worked at but he ended up leaving in july of 2003 after four years of being there because he actually got a higher paying position at a different company called anavex co where he was doing the same exact thing as the last one as a seniors engineer according to his linkedin what he did there was quote developed electronic controls for erbium doped fiber amplifiers reducing cost and form factor through several product generations now i am not an engineer so those words just don't sound real to me but i'm assuming it's like of high position on the outside the family seemed to be flourishing like michelle was a college professor lloyd was a senior engineer they had very smart well-educated girls it seemed like they were doing Doing really really well and they were doing really really well but that was until 2008 when the 2008 recession came along the 2008 recession had affected everyone and the norder family was no different and lloyd actually ended up losing his job during this time leading michelle to be the breadwinner of the family which was very very difficult because as i said michelle already needed to work two jobs to keep her family afloat so now without lloyd's paycheck she was working 10 times harder than before. Lloyd immediately after losing his job tried to get back into the job scene. He tried to, you know, go on interviews, but nothing was really working because during this time of the recession, employment rate was at an all-time low because no one had the money to afford bringing on new people. But eventually Lloyd did find a job, but it was located in Princeton, New Jersey, and his family lived in Corning, New York. And so it was a couple hours hours of a distance so that means Lloyd couldn't live at the house anymore he would have to live out in New Jersey but the couple came to a decision that Lloyd was actually going to go out to New Jersey he was going to accept the job offer he was going to go out there move out there for an entire year live there for an entire year get as much money as he can from the job and then after a year of being there he was going to ask the company if he could be transferred to their New York location so that he would be able to live with his family again so that was the plan michelle and lloyd were going to do long distance for an entire year but unfortunately long distance is extremely hard in general especially when you're married with three children and you both have full-time jobs and so this led down a very very rocky path for the couple and during this time when he was moved away the couple actually got divorced when they got divorced there was a huge custody battle between the children but the 
the oldest daughter, since she was over 18 at the time, her mom couldn't really tell her what to do. And so that is when the oldest daughter decided to move in with her father, Lloyd, in New Jersey. Now, this is a big trend that you'll see. The kids favoring Lloyd over Michelle. Now, a big reason to this is because shortly after the divorce, Lloyd was starting to kind of tell the girls lies about Michelle to make himself look better and also just try to turn his girls away from Michelle in hopes of getting all of his daughters to move in with him rather than Michelle. And so the oldest daughter ended up living full-time with Lloyd while Carrie, who at the time was 17, 16 years old, and her younger sister was also living with Michelle. Now, as I said earlier, Carrie was a big daddy's girl. She loved her father, Lloyd. And so the fact that she couldn't live with him, it was just eating her up. Her dad was also feeding her all these negative things that Michelle had done to him. And so this started a very, very rocky relationship between Carrie and Michelle. Even though Michelle had never done anything to Carrie, Carrie just had this pre-hate for Michelle based upon what Lloyd had told her. And also since Lloyd hated Michelle, Carrie also hated Michelle as well. In the year of 2017, when Carrie was 18 and she had graduated high school, she moved to Rochester, New Jersey, where her father was and attended Rochester Institute of Technology. So now Carrie was out of the house, the older sister was out of the house, and the only one left living with Michelle was the 14-year-old youngest daughter. Carrie was trying to get her younger sister to move out to New Jersey, so she was constantly bothering Michelle about this, and on top of that, Lloyd was telling his girls all these lies about Michelle, which made Carrie want to get her younger sister out of that house even sooner. The whole family situation was just a mess at this point, and on August 28th of 2017, that is when a friend actually came over to Michelle's house because he was planning to pick up the 14-year-old and take her to swim practice. When this man showed up, he knocked on the door and he got no response. So he tried ringing the doorbell. There was no response. He was knocking on the windows. He was looking through the windows and it was super dark in there so he couldn't really see. But once his eyes adjusted, he finally saw Michelle. But it seemed like Michelle was standing in the middle of the living room and she was just standing there motionless. Like she wasn't moving a muscle. It didn't even look like she was really breathing. And so he started, you know, banging on the windows, calling her name, but Michelle just stood there motionless. She didn't turn around. And so this is when this friend decided to call the police. She's motionless and I'm concerned. So she's just standing there not moving? When the police showed up, they walked through the front door, and when they turned on the lights, they saw that Michelle wasn't standing in the middle of the living room. She was actually hanging in the middle of the living room. She had tied a black rope to the stair banister, and it seemed as if she had just jumped off the side. I walked up to the front door here, and through these three panes of glass, I could see inside, and I could see a female laying at the bottom of the stairs. Opened the door, a dog came running out, I came running in, and as I got closer I could see there was a rope around her neck 
There was no pulse. She was cold and stiff to the touch. Police started investigating the home, trying to find a note or something, but there was no note, no letter, no reason as to why Michelle did this. But more importantly, they couldn't find the 14-year-old daughter that was supposed to be there to be picked up for swim practice. Immediately after this happens, the first people that the police contact is Michelle's family. And so when they contact Carrie to tell her the news of what happened, Carrie actually mentioned to the police, I actually have my little sister with me right now. She's just at my apartment. She spent the night last night. They kind of were very confused why the younger sister was all the way out in New Jersey. Like, why did they just take a random road trip in the middle of the night knowing that that girl had swim practice the next day? It was a very impromptu trip. So that was the first odd thing that police noticed. This is Lieutenant Heverly. Can I help you? Hi, um, my name is Carrie. My friends called me earlier today and told me about my mom. Um, and that she, um, I'm sorry. That's okay. Take uh, your time. I, my mom told me that my mom called me. So. Yeah, we are, we are looking into it. And still with you now. Yeah, she's in my apartment. And as Carrie is on the phone with the police, Carrie is asked when's the last time she saw Michelle, and Carrie actually says that she saw her mother Michelle the night before. The night before, Carrie went over to her mom Michelle's house and basically demanded that her little sister come back with her to New Jersey. Carrie started to tell Michelle that she was manipulative, she was terrible to Lloyd, she was terrible to her children, and she basically just took her sister and drove her back to New Jersey, but the two of them got into a massive fight beforehand. So Carrie and Michelle ended up getting into this huge argument, and the argument ended with Carrie dragging her little sister out of the house and driving back to her apartment in Rochester. Now, from the looks of it, the police were just going to label this as a suicide because that's what it looks like. Michelle and Carrie get into this huge fight, and then all of a sudden, Carrie takes takes Michelle's only daughter left like away from her. Michelle probably feels very sad, very lost, very confused. She feels like since she doesn't have her daughters anymore, this was her last option. But the police noticed that when talking to Carrie specifically, as well as looking around the house, there were just a lot of holes in the story and a lot of weird things that just didn't add up. Like for example, when the police start looking into records between between Lloyd and Michelle's relationship, they find that two years prior to their divorce, so when they were still living together, there had been over a dozen police calls made on Lloyd from Michelle saying that Lloyd had been violent with her. When you look at these statements, you see Michelle's side of the story, but you also see Lloyd's side of the story. So Michelle's side of the story from all of these reports said that Lloyd was very abusive, he was very physically abusive, mentally abusive. He was a terrible father to her children. But on Lloyd's side of the report, he actually says the complete opposite. He goes on to say that Michelle was very controlling. Michelle was both psychologically and physically abusive. But Michelle's mother would actually go on the record to basically back up Michelle's claims and say that she has seen with her own eyes Lloyd lash out on Michelle. And Michelle's mom even 
said that when Lloyd was around Michelle, he was like a monster and he would hit her, he would psychologically abuse her. But as soon as Lloyd's daughters came around or as soon as he was around his girls, he would turn into the most loving, most caring, most attentive father. He would call his daughters sweetie. That was like his nickname for them. He was just a completely different man around his kids versus Michelle. Michelle's mother even went on to say that Lloyd sort of had cult-like behavior when it came to his girls. He had basically trained his daughters to believe everything that he told them. Michelle's mom said that Lloyd could easily snap his fingers and all three of his girls would be lined up in front of him immediately. He was very, very manipulative to all of them. He tried to paint himself as the superior parent. Lloyd had convinced all of his daughters to turn away from Michelle and tell them all of these lies that Michelle had done to him. He manipulated them into thinking that only his approval mattered, so it didn't really matter what Michelle thought. Now, at the time of Michelle's death, Lloyd actually wasn't even in New York, nor was he even in New Jersey. He was actually in California. Ironically, after Michelle's death, Lloyd actually flew to California for a job interview before returning back to upstate New York to be with his girls and attend the funeral. When you receive, like, divorced or not, if you receive the news of your significant other hanging themselves or dying in any sort of way, that would affect someone. That would affect anyone. You can't help but remember and think about all the good times that you had together and get emotional over it. But when Lloyd was told the news that Michelle had done this to herself, all he said was, quote, yeah, makes sense. Not surprised. Michelle's body was later brought into autopsy and the doctor said that all of her injuries aligned with what looked like a suicide. But the police had this weird feeling because as I said, there was so many random like holes and plot holes like in the story. They thought that it was odd that Michelle, first of all, didn't leave a note or a letter or anything that indicated, you know, why she was going to do what she did. As I said, Michelle was the type of girl that, you know, wouldn't spend Thanksgiving with her family, but instead spend her Thanksgiving making meals for the homeless, you know? She had such a big, warm, kind heart, and she would never want her girls to go through life without closure. So the fact that she didn't leave a note or anything was very unlike Michelle. So the police actually do something quite interesting because they are very familiar with Lloyd's behavior now. So what they decide to do is instead of bringing Lloyd to like a big scary interrogation room, they decide to bring Lloyd into a police car, like a police squad car. So there's a police officer up front and two interrogators in the back seat while Lloyd sat in the passenger. And they basically just interrogated him like that because they were scared that, you know, if he felt as if he was a suspect, that he was going to run or tamper with evidence or, you know, try to hide something that the police hadn't uncovered yet. So during 
during this interrogation, Lloyd goes very, very in-depth between the last five years specifically of him and Michelle's marriage. He says that around five years ago is the point where their marriage went downhill. He said that that is when they started to fight all the time about big things, about small things. He said that after their divorce, most of their arguments transformed to who was gonna get who, like in a custody battle, who was gonna get the house, who was gonna get the car, like all these different things that they had to split. And then that is when Lloyd starts to talk about Michelle's behavior. I know of that from past behaviors, that there was an occasion where Michelle was having a tantrum that she would open the door and scream things down the stairs and then slam her bedroom door and did that so many times. She actually broke the door frame from doing that that she was just completely out of control. She really pushed me out of her life. He said that he believed the home of Michelle was a very unsafe home for his 14-year-old daughter, and he was currently working on getting her out of it because he had already successfully had his older daughter with him and his daughter, Carrie. So this interrogation wasn't, you know, like turning up the heat or anything. It was very simple, very casual, but the police afterwards still did a little bit of digging on Lloyd to see if all of the things he said was actually true. And what they found was Lloyd's story contained a lot of inconsistencies. Police noted that on Michelle's autopsy, Michelle was found with multiple scratches all over her face, which was pretty odd because that's not something that she could have done herself. Because since Michelle's case wasn't labeled as a suicide yet, they had a very small window to further investigate the crime scene itself. And what they noticed with the crime scene, when they go up upstairs to Michelle's bedroom, they find that Michelle's bed was pushed off of the bed frame as if someone had pushed it off. And there was also marks all over the walls that looked to be blood. And this would indicate some sort of struggle. So that is when the police believed that, you know, there's no way this could have been a suicide. There's blood on the walls. Her bedroom is a mess. And that's when they decided to label this as a homicide rather than a suicide. It was believed that Michelle had passed away on 1 a.m. on Sunday, August 27th. And so at this point, the police are trying to figure out where Lloyd was because in a lot of these cases, when a spouse dies, it's usually the other spouse that killed them. So the first person they start looking to is Lloyd. So the night before, it was confirmed by both security cameras and by Lloyd himself that he was actually in Rochester helping his daughter Carrie move into her new dorm at the Rochester Institute of Technology. After he helped her move, he decided that he didn't want to drive all the way home because it was quite a far drive from where he was, and so he just decided to check himself into a motel. Then he slept in the motel overnight, and then the next morning he drove off to New Jersey. So the police had confiscated all of his electronics to see if he had left the motel at all. They found that his electronics stayed at the motel the entire night. So since his electronics had never left Rochester, this was quite convincing. It kind of told police, well, maybe Lloyd was at the motel all night. And so that is when they start looking deeper into Carrie because Carrie was the last person to see Michelle before she died. And Carrie said that she left the home around 10.30 p.m. So what really happened between that gap of 10.30 p.m. and 1 a.m.? But when Carrie's phone was 
was confiscated, the police found that Carrie was indeed at Michelle's house the night before, but she was at Michelle's house for a lot longer than what Carrie told police. Carrie's little sister was also interviewed because Carrie's little sister was there for the entire fight and everything that was going on, but her little sister said that she couldn't really testify to much because she was downstairs in the basement sleeping when everything was going on. She did say that she heard some like screaming and yelling, but it more just sounded like an argument that was going on and she just didn't want to listen to the argument, so she decided to put on her headphones and just blast music. At one point though, she said that she could have sworn she heard a really weird scream and a bunch of thumping as if Michelle was being attacked. And then immediately afterwards, Carrie rushes into the basement and tells her little sister, come on, let's go, we're leaving. And then from there, she was taken out of the basement and then just straight to the front door. So she couldn't even really see anything either. And then she said she got in the car with Carrie and then that night they drove right to her apartment in Rochester. This also leaves a very big gap because as I just said, the little sister told police that she left with Carrie right after she heard a big scream. So that leaves some unanswered questions of if Carrie left straight after Michelle's screaming, Carrie probably wasn't a part of the crime or was she? It was just, it was very confusing. So the police started to look at the situation from a logical standpoint and they found that Carrie herself, if she was the one that attacked Michelle and that was the reason that her bed was off the frame and the reason why there was blood on the walls, Carrie was a 20 year old girl at this time, but she was also very small and petite. She was, you know, a lot smaller than Michelle. Michelle could easily take Carrie down if she really wanted to because, you know, when something like that happens to you, you then empower this like unknown strength that you didn't know you had. And in a situation like that, Michelle could easily overtake Carrie. So it would only make sense that someone stronger than Michelle would be able to take her down. And the only person close to Michelle, a person that would be stronger than Michelle to take her down would be Lloyd. But it was kind of confusing because Lloyd, according to his electronics, had never left the motel that night. But through security cameras of the motel, it was shown that although Lloyd's electronics never left, Lloyd did. And around 10 p.m., Lloyd was seen leaving the motel and getting in his car and driving off. The next time Lloyd was seen was the next morning at around 7 a.m. He pulled up to the motel, grabbed his stuff out, checked himself out, and then just drove away. So then that's when they decided to wiretap both Carrie and Lloyd's phone. And they thought they were gonna get like crazy evidence, but unfortunately they ended up not really getting that much information through this. So that's when the police decide to turn up the heat a little bit and try to maybe push them to say something. So the detective calls Carrie and says, is it okay if you come on Monday for an interview? We're just gonna ask you some simple questions. He keeps it very mysterious so that Carrie like kind of gets nervous and they hope that Carrie calls Lloyd afterwards and maybe talks about the interrogation with the detective. And that's exactly what happens. Hi, sweetie. Hey. But I just got off the phone with Officer whatever from the Corning Police Department. He calls. He's like, oh, you know, I just like to meet with people face to face as well. You know what? 
I'd like you to not do that if you can avoid it. Tell him I'm sorry. I got I got a counseling appointment back in New Jersey tonight. I got to get to my counseling appointment. And tell him this has been really hard on me. Yeah. <laughs> Could you cry? <laughs> you cry and say I'm sorry. I have to go. God, yeah. it would be nice if it was just over. That would be the dream. Well, that's really all I got to suggest right now. Now, as you just heard, what Lloyd said is very suspicious because if Carrie was completely innocent, why would she reject answering questions? Wouldn't she want to help the police solve her mother's murder? So that Monday, the police not only bring Carrie into the station, but they also bring Lloyd in as well. And that's when they reveal to Lloyd that Michelle's death is no longer a suicide and it is now a homicide. Another little examiner has determined it to be a homicide, not a suicide. Uh, and in conjunction with that, I want to ask you, did Carrie have something to do with her death? No. I just don't think Carrie has it in her to kill another person. Can you think of something, whether it was things get out of hand, gets in a fight, it's a self-defense thing. I mean, can you see that happening with Carrie? It's hard to imagine, but can I picture it? Now, throughout this interrogation, as you could tell, Lloyd is very calm. He's collected because he's an adult and he's also, I think, like 49 years old. So he can handle a little bit of pressure from the police. But as for Carrie, she's young. She's a very timid girl. She is not going to handle the pressure as well as Lloyd. So as soon as Carrie sat down with interrogators, she started making up all these fake stories and she would backtrack and she would catch herself in moments where she knew that her story didn't make sense and she knew that the police were probably judging her based on that. So at some point, Carrie just gets fed up with herself, really. She starts becoming super stressed because she knows she's not making sense. And that's when she just takes a deep breath and starts to actually confess to what happened that night of Michelle's murder. Carrie told police that during the divorce and custody battle between her parents, this led her father Lloyd to suffer very, very heavily. He was trying to get some of his things back from Michelle, but wasn't able to. He was running out of money because he was having to pay child support. He was just going through an extremely rough patch. That is when Lloyd started to console in Carrie. At the time, Carrie was only 19 years old and tell her how stressed he was and how sad he was and how he feels like there's no other way out for him, that he's going to go bankrupt and have no money and it's all Michelle's fault and if Michelle was just a little bit nicer then maybe he would be happy again. That is when Lloyd tells Carrie that he actually planned on offing himself because of everything that was going on. Then Lloyd says that there is another way however that you know maybe if Michelle wasn't around Lloyd would be happier thus Lloyd wouldn't off himself 
And he tells this to Carrie. And that's when he proposes the idea that him and Carrie team up together to murder Michelle. At this point, she already favored her father over her mother. So she already had this hatred for her mother to begin with. And Lloyd basically gave Carrie the option. It's either him or it's Michelle. Because if Michelle lives, Lloyd needs to off himself. The only way he's going to survive and be happy is if Michelle isn't around. So he basically gave the choice to Carrie to either kill her own mother or watch her own father die in front of her. And she chose her father over her mother and decided to help Lloyd kill Michelle. Something along the lines of, um, you know, he's out of money, he can't pay rent, he can't pay for stuff. Basically, he was going to kill himself. Um, or there was this way to make it so he wouldn't kill himself, um, which was before Carrie starts actually talking about her role in the murder, she demands a lawyer and that's when the interrogation ends. Michelle's mom was also brought into an interrogation and she basically told police the same exact thing that she told the other police. She felt Lloyd had very cult-like tendencies. He kind of was a cult leader to his children. She said that this was the main reason why Michelle wanted a divorce. Michelle's mom said that he had trained them to basically obey to everything that he said. She also said that Lloyd would do this weird punishment where if one of the girls had gotten in trouble, he would force them to get down on their knees and put their hands behind their head and kind of like bow to him as Lloyd was screaming and yelling at them because they did something bad. And that was like a form of punishment. Michelle's mom would also go on to say that Lloyd was very weird and off-putting with his girls. Like he just kind of loved them a little too much. And his password on his computer was actually, quote, all my girls love me. Michelle's mom would call Lloyd not just a cult leader, but a master manipulator when it came to his girls. Carrie was eventually given a lawyer, and once given that lawyer, that's when she started to talk a little bit more about what happened that night. She said that her role in the murder was just getting her sister out of the house because her father told her that the less witnesses, the better. So basically what happened was Carrie had instructed her little sister to go down to the basement and sleep for a little bit while her and Michelle like talked and I guess this talk turned into an argument to the point where Michelle went upstairs to her bedroom in order to kind of collect herself from everything. Once Michelle went upstairs that's when Lloyd showed up to the house and he entered in the home. He went upstairs to Michelle's room and that's when he immediately started attacking her and that's why the bed was off of the frame. That's why there was blood on the walls. Carrie said that during this altercation, she didn't know what was really going on, but when she heard silence, that's when she immediately ran down to the basement, grabbed her little sister, brought her out to the car, and she told her little sister like, oh, one second, I forgot something, and Carrie ran back inside. She said that once she was back inside, that is when she went up to her mom's room and saw Michelle 
Michelle's dead body lying on the ground. She was then instructed by Lloyd to help him pick Michelle up and bring her over to the ledge of the stairway. He then instructs Carrie to tie the rope into a knot over the banister while Lloyd tied the other end of the rope onto Michelle's neck. After this, that is when Lloyd had instructed Carrie to help him pick up Michelle's body and the two of them had thrown her body over the edge of the stairway to again make it look like a suicide. And while Carrie is saying all of this, Carrie is bawling her eyes out. Like she is crying. Like you can tell she feels terrible about what happened. Carrie said in the interview that Lloyd kept on reiterating to Carrie things like this is a good thing or don't be scared. This is going to be worth it in the end. Like you're doing a good deed by doing this. Basically trying to make Carrie feel good about what she was doing because he was afraid that if she got too scared, she might either drop out of it or go to the police. After they had thrown Michelle's body over the railing, that's when Lloyd got back in his car and he drove around for a couple of hours until seven in the morning when he returned to the motel and then grabbed his stuff and went home. As for Carrie, she went back into the car with her sister and both of them drove to Rochester. So after Carrie gives the full explanation of what happened that night, they conclude that Lloyd was also a part of Michelle's murder, if not the murderer. Lloyd was actually at work at this time. So the police drive to Lloyd's work, wait for him to get out of work, and then Lloyd gets in his car and the police follow Lloyd, trying to tail him all the way home. But Lloyd actually doesn't go home. He drives into a five-story parking garage, goes to the way, way top, and sits on the ledge. Since the police were tailing him the entire time, they tried to negotiate with him and talk him through it and tried to get him at least off of the ledge. And it was actually pretty good timing that the police had followed Lloyd because if the police had never followed Lloyd, Lloyd most definitely would have just jumped off of the ledge. Lloyd didn't know that the police were tailing him. He was just doing this because he knew that the police were onto him. So after about an hour and a half of the police negotiating with Lloyd, he eventually did walk off of the ledge and onto like the open area of the parking lot. And once Lloyd is far away enough from the ledge, that is when one of the police officers immediately tackle Lloyd to the ground and all of the other officers go on top of Lloyd. They put him in cuffs and take him to the station. Both Carrie and Lloyd were arrested that day for the murder of Michelle. As far as the trial, you're never going to believe this, but both Carrie and Lloyd pled not guilty to all charges. Carrie was being charged with second degree murder plus four other charges while Lloyd was being charged with first degree murder plus nine other charges. And at first they were going to be tried together, but at the last second, Carrie actually accepted a plea deal, which would land her only one to three years in prison if she were to testify against her father. And that's exactly what she did. She sat down with the court and she told the story of how her father had been manipulating her since she was a young child, all of the abuse that he had put her through, and now 
now that she was away from her father, she's now realizing all of the abuse that she had been under since the moment she was born, really. She said that since she had favored her father and looked up to her father so much, when he gave her the choice of either him or her mother, she felt as if she didn't have a choice. At that point, she was under the mindset that no one else mattered but her father. And so if murdering her mother was going to make her father happy, she was going to do that without a second thought. Since Carrie had testified against her father, the four extra charges were being dropped and she was only being charged with manslaughter. As for Lloyd, it was going to be a lot harder for him to plead not guilty because when the police did a sweep of the house, they found in the house that his DNA was littered all over the house. And not only his DNA, but his fingerprints. They literally pointed Lloyd to the time of the crime, yet he was still pleading not guilty. As all of this evidence started to pile up against Lloyd, Lloyd decided to make the very smart decision and just plea guilty. And so on December 4th of 2018, that is when Lloyd was sentenced to life without parole for custodial interference, conspiracy, and first degree murder. A couple days later on December 8th, that is when Carrie was sentenced to one to three years for manslaughter. And on January 16th, 2020, Carrie was released. So as for the aftermath of everything, Carrie is now 25 years old and she is released from prison. She's been out of prison for about three years, but she is now believed just to be out and about living her life in New Jersey. As far as Lloyd, he is now serving out his life sentence in prison. As for Carrie's older sister and younger sister, both of their names from all of the court documents were redacted. I could understand why the younger sisters was because she's a minor, but as far as Carrie's older sister, I think she just didn't really want her name associated with the case, and so that's why all public records have her name blacked out. But yeah, that is the end of today's video. If you guys found this case interesting, make sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe if you're on YouTube or if you're on Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts. Make sure to rate it five stars because that really helps me out a lot. I would love to hear what you guys think about the case in the comments down below. A very controversial point of this case is Carrie's sentencing. Some people believe that she deserved to be in jail longer to learn her lesson. Others believe that she was just manipulated into doing it and her sentencing was correct. There are other people who also believe that she shouldn't have gone to prison at all and she should have just gotten parole right away. And so I would love to hear what you guys think. Do you guys think that Carrie deserved a longer sentence or a shorter sentence or no sentence? Do you believe Carrie really had a choice of whether or not she had to aid in killing her mother? Or do you think at that point Carrie was so far gone with her father's manipulation that she felt as if she didn't have a choice? There's so many unanswered questions to this case and I would love to hear what you guys think in the comments below. And so yeah, that is all from me. Again, I hope you guys found this video interesting. I am obsessed with my new setup. I love it so much and I hope that you guys enjoy it as well. Make sure to be safe out there, go outside, get some fresh air today. It's starting to become fall time where I live, so it's like sweater weather. I'm having the greatest time out here, but yes, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and as always, I love you, I love you, I love you, and I will see you guys next week. Bye.